This is the Cater Daily Podcast for Saturday, September 23, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court has an opportunity to undo a long-standing error. The court long ago gutted the Privileges or Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment. A new case the High Court is considering could allow one woman to pursue her vocational calling while also protecting all Americans trying to earn an honest living. Cato's Anastasia Bowden comments. I suppose we have to start with a history lesson. The 14th Amendment contained several phrases. The one that we're focused on here today, the Privileges or Immunities Clause, what was the plain meaning of that clause uh, at, at the time it was ratified? Well, it was intended to mean fundamental rights, those rights that had existed at English common law, um, as well as the substantive rights that were in the Civil Rights Act at the time. So following the Civil War, Congress wanted to grant freedmen, uh, you know, strong protections for their civil liberties. So they started by passing the Civil Rights Act. The Civil Rights Act was vetoed by President Johnson on the theory that it was beyond Congress's authority to pass. Luckily, Congress was able to surmount that veto, but in order to stave off any objections about uh, the act's constitutionality in the future, Congress passed the 14th Amendment, and they included this phrase, privileges or immunities, and it was clearly meant to protect people and their fundamental rights, as well as those rights in the Civil Rights Act. And so that's where we we get a little bit more uh, uh, clarity on what that nowadays archaic term means. And the Supreme Court, uh, in all its wisdom, has in a way written the Privileges or Immunities Clause out of the 14th Amendment. How has it done that? Oh, it, it swiftly uh, axed the amendment uh, quite a bit. In the first case, interpreting the term, um, it ruled that the phrase only applied to uh, rights that come from your federal citizenship. So these are rights like, you know, being protected on the high seas by your government. Um, and that really limited the reach of the right and meant that, you know, the privileges or immunities clause is no longer doing its job. And while the court has sort of clawed back at protections for civil liberties through other parts of the Constitution, um, it has never really restored any protection for the right to earn a living, which was at the front of mind for Congress at, at that time, because it was really trying to give uh, formerly enslaved people um, the ability to contract, to keep the fruits of their labor, to own property. You know, economic rights were central at that time. And yet it's those are the rights that are least protected nowadays. Who is Ursula Newell Davis? Ursula Newell Davis is a mother. She's an entrepreneur and she's a social worker who lives in New Orleans. And uh, in her work as a social worker, she had seen that people with uh, special needs children really were in need of care. They, they might just need a break from the rigors of child rearing, which can be difficult, or maybe they need to go to work or run errands or what have you. Um, but she also saw that when these parents didn't have care, they sometimes ended up leaving their children at home. And she was distressed because, you know, these children with special needs, they might not brush their teeth or comb their hair or change their clothes. And the result is that they were sometimes bullied at school the next day 
or they were they were vulnerable to falling into crime because they were eager to please, eager for acceptance. And being a mother of a special needs child herself, you know, she felt duly responsible to step in not only because she cares very much about special needs kids, but because she cares about the parents and and their mental well-being and ability to have some time away. And Careful listeners of the Cato Daily Podcast will know this next part because it almost follows a script. Why can't she do the job that she wants to do? Well, the state says she's not needed. It says she might be the most qualified person in the world, but that's not what's important. What's important is that they don't want to regulate too many people because they say uh, the easier its job, the better off we all are. And so that's why they deny 70% of people who apply each year um, from even going on to apply for a license because you first have to prove you're needed. And only if you're needed can you even go and apply for a license. And 70% of those people who come in saying, hey, we want to apply for a license, we'll abide by all of your health and safety regulations. You know, we have all the qualifications. The state just kicks them out because it wants to make its own job easier. And that's not hyperbole. Uh, you and I have discussed the, discussed this case years ago, uh, and it is not hyperbole to say that the state wants to make its own job easier because they say it would be too hard to regulate all these people. Is that about right? That is the only justification they gave throughout litigation because uh, I know I represented Ursula. And uh, we asked them, what's the reason for this law? And that is the only one they could muster up, which is kind of incredible. But yeah, not only is that the only justification they gave, it's the one that was upheld by the court. The court said it was perfectly fine for the state to keep people uh, out of their preferred or desired profession simply to make the state's job easier. And that's because the court has never rectified that 150-year mistake in writing economic liberty and the privileges or immunities of citizens out of the Constitution. So it's well understood by people like you and me that we have a clear right to work, to earn a living, to contract, to uh, make arrangements with other people in order to secure that living, and that it appears to be running headlong into a government that says, you don't get to do the job you want to do because uh, we would prefer not to regulate a relatively large number of people. Does that sum it up? That sums it up perfectly. And, uh, you know, I wish it was more complicated, but unfortunately, that's, that's how stark the law is when it comes to, to economic rights. And so uh, what, is the, what is the opportunity here before the Supreme Court uh, in, ta- in looking at Ms. Newell Davis's case? Well, uh, Ursula has lost at the district court and the Court of Appeals, and now she's asking the Supreme Court to undo that 150-year-old mistake and to restore the Privileges or Immunities Clause to what it was intended to be, which is a strong bulwark against government interference with fundamental rights, including your right to earn a living. She wants the court to recognize uh, the right to enter a lawful occupation and not be excluded for reasons wholly unrelated to your qualifications. Um, She thinks that that should be uh, brought back and restored. And this is the case to do it because uh, it's kind of ironic that case where the, the Supreme Court 
axed the Privileges or Immunities Clause, it came from a monopoly in Louisiana. And here we have a monopoly in Louisiana where the court has the perfect opportunity to undo its mistake. And this is this is a licensing regime. We might accept licensing where there are significant uh, concerns about somebody killing someone or actively harming somebody. This woman is providing respite care to parents. Yeah, she just wants to give them a little bit of time off. She's going to take care of these these children while parents run errands or what have you. And yeah, she's not challenging any of the actual health or safety regulations, like requiring her to, I don't know, undergo a background check or meet certain educational requirements. I mean, she just wants the chance to even apply for a license without being excluded for the state's own administrative convenience. And what happens if if the court goes Ursula's way and throws this out in a in a in a robust fashion? What might that mean for uh, regimes in other states that prevent people from doing the kinds of work that uh, is remunerative that gives them pleasure? Well, if the court rules in favor of Ursula, it means that if the state is depriving you of your livelihood, when you walk into court, courts will actually care about that and take a close look at those laws to make sure that they are related to some health or safety rationale and not solely a product of cronyism or arbitrariness uh, or mistake of fact. Uh, Right now, if you go into court, and you say you've been deprived of your right to earn a living because that enjoys almost no constitutional stature, you know, courts just uphold all sorts of absurd licensing laws. But now, uh, if Ursula wins, that would mean that when you're deprived of that right, you can actually walk into court and that right will be, you know, it'll have the protection it deserves, protection that other rights, like the right to free speech, the right to a jury trial, you know, all of the other constitutional rights enjoy. But this is one right that's really been neglected over the years. And and that's kind of amazing because it's one of the most fundamental rights we have, right? To use our passions and our faculties and our bodies and our labor to put food on the table for ourselves and our families and to make ourselves better. I mean, it's one of the most fundamental rights and yet it gets the least protection in the courts. So we hope to fix that. Anastasia Bowden directs the Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.